From Real Ghost Stories Online.com, I am Tony Bruski, and welcome to another episode of our radio program. Thank you so much for joining us, wherever it may be iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, pretty much everywhere. We're, we're all over the place. You can find us uh, find us these days. I, of course, ask that you press that subscribe button. That, of course, helps our show grow because it tells those engines that power the show, oh, people like this thing. We should probably suggest the show to other folks, which in turn gets us more followers, more stories, and a better program for you and a more frequent program for you. So if you've not done so yet, please press that subscribe button on whatever platform it is that you are listening to us on at this uh, very given moment. Of course, share the show as well. That's another big thing that we ask of you. Uh, Since we do the show for free, uh, all I can say is let a friend know about it or ask, let a friend know about it. It does the same thing. Helps us do better shows, helps more folks know about us every single week. And if you have a real ghost story, we want to hear it. Go to our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Tell us your ghost story. And then we may just share that on a future episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. And uh, I'm going to have some more incentives here very soon for the whole sharing thing, because that's always very helpful. Uh, And the review thing, if you're on iTunes, some stars, some, uh, some comments. Positive will be wonderful, but if you hate us, go ahead. Uh, got some positive things to say go ahead and leave those too we'd really really appreciate that that really helps us uh, quite a bit over on the old iTunes if you will find out to call if you have a real ghost story is 855-853-4802 got a, a good call today uh, to share with you and uh, some great letters that were written into us here at Real Ghost Stories online and uh, actually got a follow up letter here we were talking about Sage on a previous show, and I said, what is it with sage? Why is it that sage is used so frequently when uh, exercising demons or paranormal activity or ghosts or whatever out of a house? What is it with sage? Why does it hold this power or, or, or is thought to hold this power? I, I put it on turkey uh, and a lot of stuffing uh, or dressing, depending on what part of the country you're in, around Thanksgiving. It's, yeah, it's sage dressing. Yeah, sage. I don't often think of it as exercising spirits. So uh, a few folks wrote in to answer that question. Uh, one person said, salt is more or less my favorite no-nonsense method of cleaning things, but I do use sage. I usually spring for sage if I feel some negative things in our living space or like when I will move into a new house. My guess is that sage is used a lot for cleansings because it promotes a lot of positive energies, harmony, particularly domestic harmony, purification and wisdom. Uh, As I know it, a lot of negative beings or energies can't handle that good energy. It puts them out, I think. Uh, I have dealt with a few things like that before, and purification and positive energy seems to be the most effective thing in getting rid of nasty things. Sage is used a lot in a lot of cultures for purification, but the one that comes to my mind generally is Native American, where sage is burned uh, to clear a space and to invite good spirits and energy. Interesting. Okay. When I think of a happy scent or a happy thought, uh, oranges come to mind can you exercise demons with citrus and i'm i know that i'm sounding very smart ass here by saying that but i'm seriously wondering if if that's the the mindset behind it of positive energy citrus it just it makes you smile it's a happy 
scent. I'm wondering, is that something that could be used? I could see citrus not really being an option years upon years and years ago uh, in, in most of the world because it didn't grow there and you couldn't get it, uh, you know, with readily, with no readily shipping available up north. Um, so I could see sage being the, the go-to, but I'm wondering if, seriously, if citrus would work. They go on, as for mirrors, I agree with your wife about the rule of no used mirrors. They carry some strange things with them. Actually, when we moved into the current house in my bathroom, there are two mirrors facing across from one another. It's a bit weird. I think maybe the person who installed them did so to style the back of their hair or something, but it's creepy. When you put the mirrors together, stuff comes out of them. It's like an open doorway that it's just bad as a spirit board. The first week we lived here, I would see something behind me out of the corner of my eye. It was creepy and unnerving. I would never quite see exactly what it was, but it made me really uncomfortable. So I cleansed the mirrors or cleaned the mirrors with holy water, brushed a little sage smoke over them, and then covered the mirror that is behind you when you stand at the sink. I didn't have any problems after that, but it stays covered. If I could get away with it, I would have it removed. I'm not incredibly sure why there's so much superstition and uh, mythology, mythology about mirrors. I think it has to do with the fact that mirrors were originally used to uh, conjure spirits in ancient Greece. The history of mirrors are a little interesting, too, actually, because before people started mass-producing them with glass, they were usually made of highly polished silver. When people did start making them from glass before mass production, only the wealthy could really afford them. We're talking nobles. And woe the person that broke that mirror, which is probably where the seven years of bad luck came from. It's a lot to think about. Randy. Randy, thank you so much for writing in and sharing that knowledge with us. It really does answer our questions, uh, I think, pretty well in depth about the sage and about the mirrors. And I think I have another email here. I just I just saw this right before we went on the air and it said uh, headline sage. So let me open that up. It says, I, I, I know that Native Americans this is from Sheena Dixon. I know that Native Americans use it to draw out evil spirits. Shaman would smudge people and property before and after going to war to cleanse the soul in case you did die. They would also burn sage in the homes, making ash uh, and putting it on the doors if they had any windows. And this would keep evil out because smoke moves like spirit. They would use gale, crow, and hawk feathers to help fan the smoke. In my experience, Sage only works for a little while, and usually we have to redo it time and time again. It can provoke spirits and make them angry or get them quite down. I also know Sage has been associated with witchcraft to cleanse the body and home of evil. I keep sharing your show and have already gotten the bonus episode i'm excited uh for you trying the show twice a week keep it up sir thank you so much Sheena, and thank you for the insight on the sage and of course sharing the show we really do appreciate that we'll have a lot more uh sharing uh, a lot more to give to you for sharing uh in the coming weeks get some more bonus stuff coming up so uh do uh keep tuned in and press the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of those bonus episodes that we will begin to give out here uh, in just a few weeks. Got a call uh, into the show uh, this last week, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. Again, is the phone number to dial in if you have a real ghost story you would like to share with us. Hello, you are on the air. Hi, Tony. My name is Kate. 
Um, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am from a small city in Louisiana called Winsboro. Um, when I was about 16 years old, um, my mother moved into a trailer house with my mother, me, um, and my younger brother, my brother who's about a year older than me. He's, um, <clears throat> his name is Bruce. Um, then one day we were there and everybody, when they, one day I was at my mom's house. I was there with my mama mean, and she asked me to come and sleep in her room with her. And she never told me the reason why. I, I, I to this day, now I know, but I didn't know then. So I'm laying in the bed with her, and about an hour after laying in the bed, I'm not asleep, I'm just laying there, and I hear the sound of a man snoring, but at the same time breathing, kind of like, <sighs> like that. So then I'm listening, and I'm looking at my mom, my mom's not asleep. I said, Mom, I said, do you hear that? My mom tells me, yeah, I hear it. It's a man snoring, right? I said, yeah. She said, yeah. I said, oh, is my uncle here? Because my mom had a, room, a little small room right behind her bed. It's a little closet-looking room. So I thought my uncle was there because sometimes he would stay the night because he was from house to house. And she said, no, he's not here. I said, Mom, what is that? She said, I've been hearing the same thing every night, and I just wanted to see if I was crazy. So then after that, um, my um, sister-in-law, my cousin Pee Wee, and my oldest brother came into town. We were all at the house. We were sitting out watching TV one morning, and the water just, all the, the faucet in the kitchen just came on by itself. And at the same time that the water came running on, there was a baby started crying. And there's no babies in the house. The baby finally just stopped crying. And then my mother called a priest over. He blessed the home, and he hung a horseshoe over our door. Okay, we leave there, and everybody leaves to go, I believe, to my uncle's house for some kind of cookout that they had. We get back home, and my sister-in-law and my brother goes in one room. Me and my mom is in her room. My cousin is on the living room couch, and my brother that lived there with us was in the other room. All of a sudden, every door in the trailer house, in every window, every window, started. somebody was beating on it. So we're all up looking. Everybody's coming to the living room together, scared. Everybody's looking because we're thinking that somebody's trying to rob us or something. When we look through the window, the window is still, you can see it still being beat on, but there's nobody there. At that time, everybody wants to stop. Everybody just grabs. Nobody, nobody has shoes or anything. It was snow on the ground. Uh, snow on the ground. Everybody just grabs whatever they could, like a weapon and then we headed out the door and we ran straight barefooted through snow like four blocks away to my uncle's house and we stayed there to the next morning the next morning my mom said i'm done we went to the house everybody got to the house and while we were there picking up everything and then a lady an old lady came to my mother's door and she said do you hear things here she said yes yeah. she said we're actually moving out right now she said well let me tell you she said um this was never supposed to be a home put on this lot was empty for a long time so someone put a trailer there so an old lady came to the house she explained to my mother that the house was built on a cemetery but before it was a cemetery it was a old lake and that area used to be a lake 
So we weren't the only people that were experiencing these things. It was the whole circle. We was living on a on a street called Robinson Circle. It was really, really small, but it used to be a lake, and then it was a cemetery, um, just the part that my mom's house was built in, and that area where she lived was a cemetery. So let's just say we got our stuff and we left, and then when my mom asked her about uh, hearing a baby cry, the lady said the reason that she came there was not just tell her that it was a hunted house, uh, hunted lot. The baby that she heard crying was that of her sister's baby. Her sister had lost a newborn baby uh, at that same house. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty scary. And till this day, no one ever really talks about it, but everybody just, everybody knew exactly what happened that day. And it, <laughs> it scared me. I was only 16 years old, so I, it made me aware of what ghosts are. And it kind of made me intrigued to where I love ghost stories and things like that now. And um, I actually saw my auntie when I was 17, uh, who passed away when I was 16. Um, she passed away. I saw her walk into my mother's living room as a black shadow, but I knew it was her because she always dragged her feet. So it's like, it's just so much that I can tell you about more things that have happened, but those are the main things I wanted to tell you about living on Robinson Circle in Winsboro, Louisiana. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing that real ghost story with us. Wow. A house built on a cemetery. There used to be a lake. So you got you got a couple couple things going on there. What the hell is going through a developer's mind when they go, okay, we're gonna build some homes here. Where should we go? How about this plot of land where the cemetery is, where the bodies are? I guess profit, maybe maybe that's what's going through someone's mind where it's like, oh well, I just won't tell anybody and we will uh we'll just see what happens. And then, years later, you have folks calling into ghost shows, telling the stories of their haunted homes. I remember a miniseries years ago. This is like the probably early 90s. And I don't know if it was a miniseries, just like a two-part movie or something of that nature on network TV. And if anyone remembers what movie this was, please email me because I would love to try and find this thing and see it again. It was about a set of homes built along a highway. And I couldn't tell you where this highway is. I couldn't tell you really anything about it um, other than these basic details that I'm going to share with you right now. But it was a made-for-TV movie about a set of homes, and it was supposedly based on a true story, a set of homes that were built along a highway of some sort, and it turned out the highway had been built on some sort of burial ground or a cemetery of some sort. And the homes, a series of them, the whole neighborhood, were infested with just very torturous paranormal activity. Just stuff that you don't want to stay living in the house because it torments you so much. Now, I don't, don't remember what movie it was. I don't remember what network it was on. I don't remember where this was supposed to be taking place because I was all of about 10 when this was on TV. And I think I, I snuck watching parts of it because my mom didn't watch, wouldn't want me to see the whole thing. Uh, it's going to give you nightmares. Don't want that. You know? so, um, but I remember like one scene where... I want to say there was like a, a purplish shadow that was coming across the wall. I don't know. These are just the small bits and pieces of that 
movie memory that I have. But it was really interesting, and the reason I bring that up is because I would love to look into that further and and see if we can investigate that case a little bit further here on the show. Anyway, if you, if you remember it by any stretch of the imagination, let me know. Send me an email, uh, Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, uh, or just go to our website tell, and uh, click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. If you have any leads on that mystery miniseries from the 90s. <laughs> and there's this other show about a medicine woman, and there was a, uh, someone named Sully. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, we all know what, what show that was. Right? Don't we? Can you? Can you name it? Huh? Yeah? It wasn't a ghost show. It was, it was Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. And then after Dr. Quinn was touched by an angel. Remember that? Lots of jokes around that show. All right. Uh, continuing on with Real Ghost Stories Online this week. We uh, got a letter in here from Gabriella. Gabriella writes in, When I was around eight years old, I had recently moved into my childhood home. I was walking around the neighborhood when I noticed an old-looking, unattended house just down the street. It caught my eye, and I saw a figure in the window. An old man was watching me. When I turned to look back at the home, there was no one there. There was no cars in the driveway, and the home was, as far as I could tell, abandoned. The house has since been remodeled, and I haven't seen the old man since. Turns out that my best friend at the time had also lived there, and they had experienced extreme poltergeist phenomenon before selling the home to contractors. Was what I experienced a coincidence? I don't believe so, and I don't believe in coincidences, but that everything happens for a reason. Thank you, Gabriella for writing in that real ghost story. If you have a real ghost story, we would love to hear it. You can call it in to us. The phone number to do that is 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. It's about uh, two minutes there to tell your ghost story. And uh, if you want to, just call right back and continue on if you got a real long one. We'd, we'd love to hear it. I'll, I'll, I'll edit it all together and share it uh, on the show. Uh, or... Uh, you can always write into us, and uh, if you want me to give you a buzz and we can uh, talk about your story back and forth on the air, uh, you can leave us your info there, and we can do that as well. Or just write us your story, and we'll read it back on the air. Before we get into our next uh, story, I want to ask you to do me a favor if you've not done so already, and that would be to click that subscribe button. Uh, to make sure that you continue to get these episodes. Uh, And if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, if you would be so kind as to leave us a couple comments uh, on the uh, the feedback area there about the show, give us some stars, uh, if nothing else. Uh, That would be so, so helpful. That helps us spread the word of the show. That helps the show get bigger and better and more people finding us with your reviews uh, and the stars that you give us on iTunes and, and on Stitcher. All right, continuing on. This one comes to us from James. James writes in, I live in Springfield, Illinois. Around five years ago, my godmother died. A week after her death, I was talking to a friend on the phone watching TV, and it was nighttime. As I was watching TV and talking on the phone, I looked over to the doorway of my small bedroom, and I saw my godmother looking at me. She was in a nightgown that looked like it had burned up, burns on it, and she had open wounds on her face. She was smiling. And her eyes were kind of stretched out, like a blur. I was so shocked, I turned away and looked back, and she was gone. In a second, my friend on the phone asked me what I was gasping about. And I said, I just saw my dead godmother. 
Then right away I told him it was just my mind playing tricks. He said, sure, you could have seen a naked girl or the Pope, but you saw a dead family member. About two days later, my son was eating in the kitchen. When I came into the house, my room was right off the left of the front door where I walked in. In my room, I have these Halloween knickknacks, and then when you turn them on with a switch, they make sounds, and little fingers move around them. As soon as I walked in the house, I heard one turn and started playing. I asked my son a stupid question if he turned it on. When I looked at him, he was just staring at me like, how could I? I, he was 30 feet from my room. I walked into my room, reached under my desk, and turned the switch on my cord. Before I touched it, I heard the switch click and turn off. I still wasn't over-worried about this, but then it started to get really scary. The next one got to me. Maybe it was a week later. I was sleeping in my bed in the room when I was awoke by a pounding on the legs of the bed like a drum roll. As soon as I sat up in the dark, it stopped and I had a fear come over me. I just laid back and started to relax again. That same night, I had a fan blowing on me, which I always do when I sleep. I looked up at the dark room. There was a shape darker than the room at the foot of my bed. The shape moved from my feet, up, my feet along the bed and towards my head where the fan was blowing. When it stopped in front of me, it blocked the fan and the air from blowing on me. I was too scared to move. I hid under the sheets for I think about 10 minutes, not able to move. I was too frightened to scream. I got the guts to jump out and hit the lights. There was nothing in the room. Nights, I just got home. It was a cold night with only a light breeze out. Laid my bed resting, not sleeping with the lights out. Then I heard the hardest hits on the wall right above my face. Three huge bangs. I thought someone was outside hitting the wall with a sledgehammer. I jumped up, ran to the door, opened it fast, and ran outside. And there was nothing around, just the cool breeze and the darkness outside. I wanted to tell someone. Maybe I wanted to ask for help, but I always made fun of ghost stories. I thought that people were crazy or just making this stuff up, but I didn't know what to do. My mother started coming over to the house to help me with things like extra cleaning or cooking. One day when I came home, she was there and I told her what's been going on. Without waiting, she told me that she noticed something weird when she came over that day. While I was at work, she unlocked the door, and when she walked in my room, the ceiling fan looked like it had just slowed down from spinning and stopped. She said it was switched off, and that she walked through the house and no one was there. I felt better that I was not going crazy, but some fear was stronger now that my mom had seen this. I asked my mother to stay with me for a week, and she said that would not be a problem. Next time something happened, I was in my room going to bed and I just closed the door when I heard a knock three fast knocks like my mom was at the door and I said come on in there's no answer I went to the door opened it and no one was there my mother was at the other end of the house and the last one was when I went to bed a few days later started hearing taps all over my room I came in twos and threes just little taps on the wall the TV screen, then the closets, then the desk drawer, then the window all over. It did not stop. I turned the light on and laid in bed, and it 
went on for several hours. I was too scared to holler, holler out. I just laid there and listened to the tapping all over my room. Jumped up, ran out, and laid on the couch in the living room, thinking it would just stay in my room, but I was wrong. It followed me into the living room, and then into the kitchen, and it started again. Tapping two and three times on the stove, then the refrigerator, then the microwave, then the floor, and the cabinets. And it continued on. I left the house shortly thereafter and had no more problems. If you want to contact me, I can give you better details of what happened, but that is it. For what happened to me in that house. Thank you so much for sharing that story. You hear a lot of uh, stories of tapping, and they tend to come in threes. And that's from what I can gather from the research that we've done and the responses that we've gotten when we've talked about that is that the threes are not a good thing. That that's typically a sign of something unhuman, demonic. If you know more about the tapping, that can provide some insight please write into us. Just email me, Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and we can uh, pass that knowledge on in a future episode. Let's get another letter. This one is coming into us from Adriana. Adriana writes, I had some weird things happen to me in my old house. Me and my family moved from that house a year ago. I was raised in that house, and since I was three, I'm now 16, I do miss that house quite a bit. When I was around five, I was woken up in the middle of the night by someone or something calling out my name. Hmm. I thought it was my mom, so I rose up and saw no one. Creeped out, I hid under the covers. A little while later, I heard the same voice calling, so I quickly got up and ran to my parents' room and told my mom. My mom got kind of annoyed because I woke her up, so she sent me back to my room. I had trouble sleeping that night. The same thing happened for a couple of more times, but then it stopped when I moved into another room. Another thing that happened was when I was about seven. It was in the morning, I was half asleep, when I felt someone walk into my room. Sort of glanced over and didn't think too much about it, but I can still remember. It was a woman with dark, long hair, wearing a white dress, and she was wearing makeup. She looked like she was going out somewhere. The reason I didn't think too much about it was because she bent down and kissed my cheek. I felt comfort when she did that. I thought it was my mom going somewhere, then walked out and closed the door. I quickly got up and ran towards the door and opened it to say goodbye. My parents' room is right in front of that room. I heard the TV was on, so I walked in, and my mom was laying there on the bed watching TV. She was not wearing the clothes I saw in the woman. I asked if she walked in my room just now, and she paused for a moment, looking confused. But she said, yes. Years later, my mom asked me if I remember that time when I asked if she was the one that walked into my room and kissed me. My mom told me that it was not her. She told me yes because she didn't want me to be scared. She said that when I asked her, she felt shivers. Just the other day, I dreamt that that same woman standing next to my sleeping cousin. Another thing that happened in my old house, which happened not too long before I moved. In the same room, I was sleeping one night when I felt someone sit down on my bed. I peeked out from under my covers and saw a dark figure of a woman sitting there. Then she got up and walked away. 
Another time not too long ago, in the same room, I was woken up by someone lying down next to me. I felt horrible shivers. What scared me the most was when the same person pulled my covers towards him or herself as if covering itself. I quickly pulled them back and covered my whole body a little while later when I got enough courage. I took out my hand to feel around because I thought it was maybe my brother trying to scare me, but I felt nothing. In the same room, I've had my covers pulled and you can sometimes hear someone dragging themselves on the floor. And me and my family have heard workers working. You can hear it like a hammer hitting the roof and talking. It sounds like murmurs. You can't really make out what they're saying on the roof. We have heard the chairs in the dining room move and knocking. I still miss that house. Maybe one day I'll buy it. Back. When I'm older. I guess my question will be why. <laughs> Do you want to go back to the haunted house? Although it doesn't sound like the entities were too troubling, if you will, but still very unexplained and, I don't know, something about them just doesn't sound like they're necessarily the happy-go-lucky, hi, I'm Casper, I'm going to do your dishes and tuck in your children type ghost. So you're the one that gave the kiss on the cheek. With the dragging on the floor, the hammering. That's interesting. Be interesting to uh, to know the history of that property. That'd be something to look into. That may uh, lend to some more answers as to what the source is there for that haunting. Before we go, I want to remind you to please subscribe to the show. Press the subscribe button on whatever platform you are listening to us on. That uh, that really helps us out quite a bit. Uh, and also, please do give us some love. Uh, give us some love in the uh, comment section on iTunes or Stitcher. Give us some star reviews. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, and of course, share the show as well with your friends on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, wherever the case may be. Uh, wherever you want to share it, we will be very, very grateful. So, until next time, from Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening. 